This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's good to be with you. And once again, I have around the table Josh Bales and Danny Steinmeier, Jonathan Van Hoogen, and myself. I noticed you didn't say the name of his church. Truth Family Bible Church in Middleton. Nailed it. I read it. Um, It only took three times. Yeah, it only took three (laughs) times for me to read it and get it right. But we've been talking about prayer. And the reason why is just sometimes it's it's, it's one of those good gifts of God that's neglected. God continually gives us good gifts. And we often despise is too strong of a word, but it it really is in that same realm. Um, He gives us a good gift of Sabbath rest. He gives us a good gift of the church and worship. He gives us a good gift of his word. He gives us a good gift of of prayer. And and we often take these good gifts and just our whole hum about them. And so hopefully, as a result of these shows, at least we're getting you to think about prayer, to realize its importance, its significance, its worth. And today, we are reaching back to grab some truth from Martin Luther. And Martin Luther suggests that Christians pray through the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer, using each line as a springboard for adoring God, confessing sin, expressing gratitude, and pouring forth supplication. And so the question is, what does that look like? What does it look like to pray through the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer? Can I ask a question real quick on, on the history? Is this why you have like the Heidelberg Catechism and you know larger and shorter catechisms expositing those three things? I'm not sure. They, Is that a Luther thing, or was that? I actually, I don't know what the motivation was, but it, you know when you think about the uh, blocks of teaching uh, that we have, you know in his in his word, prayer, Ten Commandments, those were disciplines that were being taught to people through a question and answer. So I think they, you know, what does God desire from us from, you know, each of the Ten Commandments? What does he forbid? Those were things that were being taught. Same thing with prayer. Uh, What does it mean when we pray this petition? So as disciplines, as teaching people what to believe and what to think, I think they, because they were blocks, they were chosen in that way. And the Apostle Creed. I think it predates even the Reformers. Mm -hmm. Those three teaching segments. But well, definitely the Apostles Creed. Well, definitely the Apostles Creed precedes them because for teaching mechanisms, they were all in play before the Reformation. But I think as teaching mechanisms, they also were were being utilized. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting. So, like, if you were to construct a, a catechism, what would you include? 
And these major Reformation catechisms, they include, you know, creation, fall, redemption, glory, of course, but then they include the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments, and the Lord's Prayer. I mean, Apostles' Creed for Heidelberg, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I just think that that's instructive in and of itself, so I just, sorry to get it derailed. And Calvin's Institutes actually uses that thing. same framework. Mm-hmm. Right. I, mean, I, I, I am maintaining that the Heidelberg Catechism is a huge plagiarism of Calvin and his Genevan Catechism and his, and his institutes. If you look at the wording, uh, well, our, our plagi- is studied with uh, yeah, Calvin. Yeah, so. yeah. So plagiarism was alive and well in the in the 16th century. Um, just real quickly, this is a, a quick aside. Um, Kevin DeYoung is writing books. I think it's called like the Essential Series, and he wrote one on the Ten Commandments. He wrote one on the Lord's Prayer, and I'm assuming that the next in that series is on the Apostles' Creed, and those are helpful instructive books but devotional books as well um, that can be used in some of the same way in helping frame our prayer life so let's just back up and say what does it look like to pray through the ten commandments well i think it's extremely helpful for us to again we've as we've talked about in some of the other shows it's it's to agree with god and to and to be learn of him because the, the ten commandments certainly are a reflection of his holy character right. as well as then what he uh, what he wants from us and mm-hmm. and they're so rich i mean i'm i'm preaching through them right now the mm-hmm. ten commandments in particular and the richness of it, the reality of we need to understand that it's not just the eighty percent of the commandments in the uh, you know being negative, but that when you flip them over, that mm-hmm. they're also in the positive, and that and that there's such a fullness to them that when we examine them, our lives according to them, then we also have a lot to pray about. We have mm-hmm. a lot to confess, and we have a lot to worship God for. So there's the, because of the, they're so rich. They really are invite us into a richness of, of a prayer life. Uh, and so you are strengthened and you are encouraged and you are sanctified in that process of prayer when you're dealing with uh, wonderful material like God's mm-hmm. Word. I think that you can't pray through the Ten Commandments unless you know what they are saying. So, I mean, obviously, if you open up your Bible, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, that might get you 30 or 60 seconds if... If, if you're the rich young ruler. Right, exactly. <laughs> so one, you know, we mention it, like the shorter catechism, larger catechism, the Heidelberg catechism, all give questions that deal with the Ten Commandments. So you can go straight to the catechism and you can see the commandment there and then it unpacks that. That is a most helpful prayer guide. And I think it's so important. I think the law has, the Ten Commandments, the law has been misunderstood so often. Mm-hmm. We were created as image bearers of God. Our lives are to reflect Him. In Colossians 3.10, Ephesians 4.24, it says that we are being renewed in the image of God, renewed in true knowledge and holiness and righteousness. And part of that is that the law is, is is now in our hearts, and we're to live that out because we're living out not a set of rules we are living out a reflection of the character of god mm-hmm. and if you approach the ten commandments as a set of rules then you've completely misused them misunderstood them and utilized them in a way that's an offense to god yeah and you, have to, you have to understand the bible in talks about law at least in a couple different ways. Like when the Judaizers are using the law, Paul talks about the law negatively. 
because they were trying to use the law for their own justification. But elsewhere, Paul, David, all all the writers of Scripture talk about the law very positively. Right. So yeah, if you're coming to the law as a means to justify yourself, that is that's unbiblical. Well, well, one of the things that the law does it is it reveals our sin. You know, that's that's one thing. But as you pointed out about the Heidelberg Catechism here. The Heidelberg Catechism actually places uh, its explanation of the series of the commandments under this matter of gratitude. So I'm learning this as a means of gratitude. I'm I'm praying <coughs> as an expression of gratitude to him. When I go through the commandments, you know, I'm I'm saying, Lord, there is only one God. Help me not make idols in my heart, you know, to serve other things besides you. You're coming to it uh, with a sense of, in a positive way, to the commandments. That's why the the uh, catechism leaves it in an area of gratitude because there is a negatively it showed me my sin. It sh- negatively it showed me my need for a savior. Positively, it gives me a response, understanding who the, who God is, what he, what His will, what His desires are for me, that I can enter into that. It is a law of love. Mm-hmm. Right, it it describes just exactly what you're saying, the the preamble to the law. I am the God who saved you. Yeah. Now here is how you live in gratitude for the God who saved you. Yeah. So it's not the justifying yourself. It is being being saved, being justified by as a gift of His grace. This is now how I use the law to to show my love for the God who's who's done so much for me. Well, I think as you begin, even the first commandment. Right? You shall have no other gods before me. Well, why? Because of who God is and his greatness and his glory and his majesty and his holiness, his righteousness, his purity, his love, his faithfulness. And you begin to go through all of the attributes of God and you say, why would I put something above that? Mm-hmm. Why, would, why would I even think about that? Mm-hmm. And, and so as you're praying through the commandments, Yes, you're praying about your idolatrous heart, mm-hmm. but you're really praying first, filling your mind with the God that is. God is not a God that is hidden from us. God has revealed himself to us in his word and in his world, and he's revealed himself in such a way that says, this is a God of majesty. This is a God of beauty. This is a God to delight in. And, and really the first commandment is saying, start by delighting in God. And if you start by delighting in him and, and magnifying him for all that he's revealed himself to be, how would you put a God before that? Yeah. Well, I think the benefit of praying this too, and I, I, I think for us, and I've certainly um, appreciated this and, and grown to love this for myself, I think modeling this for our people is so important. I think we need to pray this in our worship services. And one of the things that you know when we uh, approach the Lord's table and we, we pray a prayer, we give time for people to self-examine and to confess their sins and, and to wash up, as it were, before we, before we eat. Um, the, the idea of, of what I've done also in the, in the corporate prayer of confession is to pray, and, and to pray creatively, not, not just statically in just the words themselves, but to try to think through the ways in which we are creative with our sin and our violations of this um, and the prayers of, of omission and commission through through the law and so to pray through the Ten Commandments as a for instance I'm, I've I've got Ten Commandments on the brain it's a wonderful thing to model for our people because you don't have to wait until the Lord's table to to do that 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 is something that we should all be able to do 
uh, daily, frequently, uh, any time that we that we need to. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a Presbyterian church, but I do think this is where the larger catechism is so helpful with regard to the law because it it, it teaches both. Uh, this is the positive aspect of what the law is. This is saying, what's required, and this, this is what's forbidden. Yes, and. I think this is this is how I chose to raise my children. Well, why don't we lie? It's not just because God said don't lie. It's because God is a God of truth, mm-hmm. and we're called to reflect him. Why do we pursue purity, and why do we not commit adultery? Because God is a God that is pure in his love. He is a, is a faithful and steadfast love, and so our love has to reflect that type of same love. And mm-hmm. you go through all of the same, each of the, the commandments, and you think about and talk about the character of God. And that was transfer, transformational for me. I, I don't remember, I think it might have been MacArthur that I first yeah. heard it from. Well, the other thing we see is we see the character of Christ at that point. Mm-hmm. Like when we see our failures in the law and we see what's required in the law what we're seeing is jesus's resume Mm -hmm. this is what jesus and this is what fuels gratitude Mm -hmm. oh this is what where i failed this is where jesus exceeded in all of these ways this is the record of his righteousness i would say that if you have not spent some time in any of the confessions or the i would get a get a copy of the westminster standards Get a copy of the Heidelberg Catechism and work through the section on the law. There's a great Crossway book that has all yep. of those in it. It's and a red hard book. If you show up at Dayspring, we'll give you one. And if, <laughs> and if you show up at the conference, there will be a plethora of confessions that you Wonderful. can pick up. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. It's always good to be with you. If you want to send uh, anything to us, You can reach us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.